Whenever you think about major things that are before us, big events, there's always a lot of preparations that accompany the big event. So it could be something, you know, that your family's planning and it's a major trip and, and all these things have to be taken care of before you commence. Of course, we're, we're in a college setting. We meet on a college campus and we, we oftentimes, you know, annually will celebrate commencement, the beginning, you know, the, the start of something. And, and there's a lot of preparations that take place. If you're a college student, everything that leads up to the time of graduation, it's a lot of work, a lot of preparations. But it's all for a point. We know we're working toward something. A few weeks ago, we, we began, in fact, we've only done one message regarding the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. So on a Sunday night, we, we talked about this, this army that is awakened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we gave some introductory comments to that. And then we had a Sunday night off. And, and then the next Sunday, I invited my brother, Rob, to preach. And here we are on another Sunday night, the Sunday night that we're about to observe the Lord's table. And our custom it's a fine word. Our tradition is that we try to focus our attentions around the person and work of Jesus Christ as he was either on or approaching the, the cross. And so as we bring these two thoughts together, the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and our preparation for observing the table tonight, remembering Christ's broken body, his blood shed, we turn our attention to that which had the focus and attention of our Savior. Now, if you're, if you're just thinking through what's going to lead up in, in just a few moments, we'll be in our text in John chapter 14. But when you start thinking about what he's moving us toward in John chapter 13, verse number one, he helps us understand that we're, we're at the time of the Passover. So Jesus had already made preparations. He had already sent the disciples to do those things necessary. Verse number one, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come. So all of these preparations are taking place, not just to observe the Passover, which was the, the tradition, the custom for the people. Jesus is preparing for something far grander. The picture of the Passover is about to become fulfilled. And the Passover lamb is going to be seated in the presence of those who are observing the same. If you're looking in your Bible in John 13, you could go down a little bit further to verse number 33. John 13, verse number 33. And we start to get the sense, in fact, when you read through these passages of Scripture... This, this upper room and, and then when they're heading to Gethsemane and of course to the cross, you get a sense of the growing weight, the, the cloud that seems to be hovering over not only the disciples but the, the understanding in the mind of Jesus himself. And think about the, the gravity, the weight of what's taking place even as we look at these words. Jesus again, this work of preparation Verse number 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, 
that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Now, it, it appears that Simon just goes right past this love one another, and he's still focused on why can't we go where you are going? He doesn't comment on what Jesus just, you know, challenges them with, love one another. This is the key to the world knowing you belong to me. But he gets right to that which most troubles him. You, you are going away and wherever you go, I want to go also. Notice what he says, verse number 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither thou goest? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And, and such is the case for all of us. There is coming a time when we will follow that which the Lord has already led us in. And then Jesus is going to prophesy Peter's denial. Peter says, Lord, I'm, I'll go with you wherever, wherever you're going. You just don't understand the depth of my commitment. So wherever you're going, I'm going to. And, and of course, Jesus says to Peter, you, you don't know what you're saying. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And so this is the context for what is taking place. And then, then we get to John chapter 14, and he's still dealing with, I'm going away. We're not going to continue to be together in the same manner that we are together right now. And I would, I would just note, before we get to what Jesus is trying to do to, to, to ease the pain that they are about to experience, I would also note that, that we were not built, we weren't created for this kind of separation. This is not part of original intent behind God's created work when he pronounces all things good. And so he's telling the disciples those things that they need to hear. He understands the depth of the pain, the loss, the separation, the bewilderment that they are about to face. And that's where we get the words, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now I'm going to tell you where I'm going. I'm going. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Again, they're still not fully getting this. Thomas interjects here, um, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? And then those famous words that Jesus offers, Jesus answers, said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by, except by me. This is the context for the setting that we're about to look at this evening. So now look at our text today and let's look a little bit further in the same chapter where he just says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's not the only thing I've done in preparation for my departure. I want you to know there's something before I come back and receive you to myself. Before I come back and we are together physically, you are in my presence again. He says, I've also taken care of some other works of preparation. Now look down again, chapter 14, John chapter 14, beginning at verse number 16. 
Jesus again says, and I will pray the Father, or I'll pray to God the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, another comforter. You've already been comforted in my presence, but I'm going to talk to God the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Let's take a few moments and just talk about this one who is the comforter. We begin to take this, this joy in the realization that what he promised, he's done. The comforter has, in fact, come. Okay, so the comforter. So who is, what is this comforter that Jesus is referring to? Okay, the Greek word is parakaleo. That's where we get this word comforter from, the parakaleo. The word means to comfort, to encourage, to exhort, It's referring to aid of any kind. The Greek writers would use this referring to some legal aid, someone that's coming to your assistance, someone that's going to be your representative, your advocate, one who comes forward in behalf of or as a representative of another. So remember, Jesus was about to go to the cross because he's telling them, I'm going to give you another comforter. We'll talk about that word in just a moment, but Jesus is about to go to the cross. Okay, who is Jesus going to represent on the cross? That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Jesus, the one who knew no sin, is going to die on behalf of the sinner, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. So Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's going to represent you. He's going to represent me. He is the one who is going as this this parakaleo, this one who now I'm going to stand in your place and I'm going to do the work on your behalf that you cannot do. And he's also saying, now I'm also going to send you another comforter, another. This is the person of the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And we would even say tonight, oh, the comforter has in fact So who is this comforter? Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing that our text notes for us this evening, I would say we would find a source of companionship. Who is he? Well, the first thing he is, is he's this source of companionship. Again, verse number 16 in chapter 14, he says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now think through this. There are two things, the quality of his companionship and for lack of a better word, I came up with the quantity of his companionship. The quality of his companionship. Jesus said, another comforter. Okay, now think through this. I don't mean to to be 
overly blunt about this, but sometimes there's no one else will do. Do you understand what I'm saying? No one else will do. No, I, I want you. Well, I'll send someone to take my place. Okay, it could be, it could be something fun or, or simple, like, like you're going to play two-on-two basketball. And the guy you're going to play basketball with, it's, 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 it's um, two guys going to, you know, take on two guys. And the guy you're going to play with, he's 6'7", okay? And he says, no, I'll send my little brother. And when he says little, he means it. He's 5'2", okay? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want another one. I want you. The word another here means of the same quality, the same. Now it also adds, I find this interesting, it does say there is a numeric um, um, component to this. So another, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, send a plus one, but, but this is no different. The exact same, only let's add one. So we're not talking about like, no, 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 this, this is not gonna do Jesus. I'm going to send another comforter. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to send another comforter that's me, not me. We might even think, well, that doesn't make sense. But in the person of the Holy Spirit, it actually does. I will send you qualitatively another and there is nothing diminished. You didn't. He's telling the disciples, you're not going to lose a thing when I send you the comforter. It's like me, only not me the same as me. So there's a numeric understanding. There is a qualitative understanding, like we didn't diminish anything. So this is the quality of the companionship, but then the quantity of the companionship. You say, what do you mean by that? He says that he may abide with you forever. That he may abide with you forever. Jesus was here on this planet physically, his feet on the ground. He's here for some 33 years. But here's what he promises. He says, okay, I'm going to send you another comforter, the same, but not the same. I'm going to send him and he's never going to leave you. It's why Jesus could make the promise. Listen, be content with such things as you have. Why? Because he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. This is the promise from God. He's saying, now, now I know you're going to be sad, but trust me. Trust me, the comforter is coming. And while I'm not going to be here, I am going to be here in the person of the Holy Spirit. This is the source of our companionship. But let, let's look a little bit further, the source of comfort. Yeah, he's a source of companionship, but he is also now the source of comfort. Look down at verse number 26. Chapter 14, beginning in 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, ghost. Okay, there's no guessing who's the comfort. He's, he's saying this is who it is, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now look at these words. Whoa, talk about comfort. Peace. We get this idea of the great shalom. The cessation of conflict, no more turmoil, no more, no more storm that's raging. The one who utters the command to the wind and the waves, and he simply says, shh, be quiet. The word there when, when Jesus was speaking to the waves, it's almost like he's just saying, shh, hush, hush. The one who speaks the word, he says, now listen, the comforter's coming 
I'm telling you who he is. He's the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he is coming to provide for you what you're going to be missing in my absence. And then he goes right into peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He's saying, listen, I'm not talking about just the absence of difficult circumstances because that's the only kind of peace the world can offer. Did you catch that? He's saying, I'm not talking about like, okay, everything seems to, for this moment, be a nice moment circumstantially. He says, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a different kind of peace. I'm talking about a comforter kind of peace. And so he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why is it that the disciples could have peace in the absence of Jesus? Because of the one who, who promised to send it. How can they be peaceful in the absence of Jesus? Because of the person who just made the promise. He is good to keep his word. And he's saying, listen, I have the authority, the resources. I have what you need. And it's the person of the Holy Spirit. Separation, as we know, brings sadness. As we mentioned before, we're not created for it, but it is part of our journey on this side of eternity. Separation, I, I remember times of momentary separation where something, something happens inside of us that we just don't like, where we're gonna be apart for a few days, we're gonna be apart for a few weeks. We're gonna be apart for a few months. Sometimes we're gonna be apart for a few years. Sometimes we're going to be apart until we are rejoined together in heaven. And we don't like this. There's something about goodbyes. People say, they use the expression, I'm terrible at goodbyes. And they're saying it when, when tears are coming down their face and, and running down their cheek. And they just, I, I hate goodbyes. I'm not good at it. In fact, there are some people that just absolutely avoid them. They avoid them. They don't put themselves in circumstances or settings where they have to say goodbye because they just say, I'm just so terrible. I'm not good at goodbyes. And what Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you the resource you need to handle the goodbyes. Peace I leave with you. This is not the kind of peace that you've seen in the world or that, that even the Jews are looking for. They're looking for peace from the wars and, and the, do, the, the, the domination that's taking place to the Jewish nation, the Israelite nation from Rome. He said, no, 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 no. I'm gonna give you a different kind of peace. Even when your world is troubled, you're gonna have something that is different. How so? Because the comforter has come. He's the companion. He's the comfort. And by the way, isn't this interesting? A source of comfort. Jesus is leaving. Well, Jesus, how are we going to do what you've called us to do if you're not here? How are we going to accomplish this? You've been telling us to do all these things. Uh, you just told us um, that we're to love one another. <laughs> how in the world are we going to do that? Uh, you know, it would, it would be troublesome how many of you, I'm not asking for a raise of hands, but 
But, you know, somewhat rhetorically, how many of you have ever found that the Christian life can be a little challenging to live apart from the enabling power of the Holy Spirit? In this passage of Scripture, he also says, in fact, look back just a little bit, chapter 14, if you just back up in verse number 15, we didn't include that in our text, but chapter 14, verse 15, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Whoa! Jesus, how are we going to do that? I mean, seriously, how are we going to keep his commandments and even the, the, what we think should be a simple command to love one another? Lord, that's impossible. Actually, apart from the person and work of the Holy Spirit, that is impossible. So do you know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, take comfort. I'm going to send you the one who is everything you need. He's all you need, the source of comfort. Not only is he our source of companionship, our source of comfort, but I, I find this in this text as well. He is our source of courage, our source of courage. I can face tomorrow. I can face an unknown future. I can face those things that are somewhat problematic and anxiety causing. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. He says, listen, you don't have to know what you're going to do. I'm sending you the one who knows already the pathway that's before you. This is another omniscient representative of the Godhead, the three in one. D- listen, you don't have to be disheartened. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to have the absence of peace. Why? Because you can have courage in the presence of the one that I am sending to you. The Bible says in verse number seven, John chapter 16, I've gone forward, but it's the same dialogue. Jesus still carrying on this conversation with his disciples. He says in verse number seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Now, now pause on that. We'll leave the text up, but pause on this for just a minute. None of the disciples, I'm, I'm speculating here, but I think I'm safe to say that none of the disciples thought it was expedient. That word means best. It's best, Jesus just said, listen, this is best for you. None of the disciples are thinking, oh, wow. You know, Jesus, I was thinking it might be time for you to go away. They're not thinking that. Judas Iscariot excluded, okay? They're not getting together. You know, I think we can handle this ourselves. This uh, kingdom work, uh, you know, I don't know that Jesus is necessary anymore. I think we're to the place where we can take this whole movement to the next level. The, The disciples are not having that conversation. So when he says to them, it is expedient for you that I go away, you have to know that eyebrows are raised. They're looking at each other saying, uh, has somebody been talking to him in ways that this, Jesus, this is not true. How can it be best for you that I go, that you go away? How can it be best for me that you go away? Challenging for them to think. But look at the passage a little bit further. For if I go not away, the comforter, this one that I have been talking to you about, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Listen, disciples, he's saying, take courage. 
there is something in this for you. In my departure, you're going to get something. Do you know that Jesus is gonna to say to his disciples, greater works than these are you going to do? The disciples had watched Jesus do great work after great work after great work. They're, they're just like dumbfounded. I can't believe clearly this is Messiah. Greater works than these. Let me ask you, what, what are greater works than Jesus raising the dead to life again? What, what are greater works than, than, than him casting out the demonic spirit? Of him causing the, the lame to walk again, the blind eyes to see, the leprous skin to be made whole? What greater works are there than those? Let me tell you the greater work that I believe Jesus was talking about is, listen, disciples, here's the work that you're going to do. You're, you're going to start this, what we might refer to as a revolution where the living dead are going to be brought to spiritual life. You are going to see lost people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is a greater work than bringing someone's dead body back to life again. They're going to live never to die again. And the Holy Spirit is going to give you the power. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then what's going to happen? And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts. Wow, this is going to happen because Jesus is going away. Who wouldn't want Jesus to be here today? Let me tell you, I would. But Jesus says, let me tell you, Jeff Redland, I, I know exactly what you need, and it's not me here physically. Right now, for this day, for this hour, for this time, for this life, the one you need is not me here, Jesus speaking physically in your presence. The one you need is another comforter, and his name is the Holy Spirit. What a promise from God. John chapter 14, verse number 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, did Jesus physically come to the disciples in, in the remainder of their life? No, he did not. Not physically, but Jesus kept his promise. And he kept his promise in the person of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the word comfortless means there? I will not leave you comfortless. The word comfortless is the Greek word for an orphaned child. And Jesus is saying, you are not going to go about life as, a, as an orphaned child. You're not going to go through life as one who is bereft of comfort. You're not going to go through life as one who has been abandoned and left to their own resources. Jesus said, I am coming to you. And I'm coming to you in the person and in the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Campus Church, isn't it a wonderful thing that Jesus, with all that he has before him, the cross, is thinking about a group of men, a group of assembled followers, and followers from generation to generation to generation to generation to people who are sitting assembled in this auditorium tonight saying, listen, there's some things I have to take care of before I go away. I am going away, but I am not going to leave you as an orphaned child. 
I am sending you everything you need to successfully live the life that is a reflection of my own. And that is through the person that we call the comforter, God, the Holy Spirit.